It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Luis Sessa thinks he can still claim a spot in the Reds rotation, so much so that he left Team Mexico and has returned to camp. But can he take a spot in the rotation? We'll discuss that and a whole lot more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction in this team to information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comment section. Talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you. And by the way, Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And on today's show, Luis Sessa is back in camp and he's got one thing on his mind. I'm going to tell you why I don't necessarily think it's going to work out. And we've also got some possible hypothetical contract extensions that might actually work out or maybe not. And uh, Jose Borrero is already working out in the outfield, Steve. That means something, uh, not necessarily sure what. We're going to get all of that in just a moment. Wanted to let you know, first off, that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an MLE GM and managing your baseball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores or click that little uh, QR code here down in the corner. And plus our listeners get a hundred percent free bonus to your franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. All right, Steve, uh, lots going on in reds camp as the return of Luis Sessa to the reds mound took place on Sunday. So he's back. And I find this whole situation to be very, very interesting because there are multiple ways to look at this. Uh, Luis Sessa clearly believes that there's still some time for him to steal a spot in the rotation in the fourth or the fifth spot. And I say that because I think everybody automatically assumes he's coming back because he thinks he can take a spot from Brandon Williamson, but not so fast. 
I still think Brandon Williamson as the fifth starter should be a lock for the Reds. As we talked about last week, Jeff, uh, there are a lot of great reasons why you start Brandon Williamson and you let him take his lumps and you let him develop and you let him hopefully become the pitcher that we thought he could be. Here's what I think would be an interesting scenario. I think Luis Sessa should be trying to steal the spot from Luke Weaver, who has really not done a whole lot to cement himself as the fourth starter in this rotation. It still lets us do the plan that I outlined with Brandon Williamson. It allows for two long men in the bullpen to come in on days that Williamson might struggle. In this case, it would then be Luke Weaver and Connor Overton versus Luis Sessa and Connor Overton. So I think Luis Sessa should be in this conversation battling for a starting spot in the rotation to the end of spring training, but he should be fighting Luke Weaver, not Brandon Williamson. I find it interesting. Which do you which do you put more credence to the idea of returning now and jumping into the competition, or wow, he really left Team Mexico when they were like fighting for a championship in World Baseball? Did he see the writing on the wall? Well, it says a whole lot that he bailed on Team Mexico, and I know that sounds harsh. I know that's harsh phrasing, but that's what he did. He bailed on them. In the middle of of the the home stretch of the World Baseball Classic, he said peace out because he, he saw an opportunity. For him, but yeah, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He but you know at, at this point in the tournament, every ounce of bullpen arm you have available to you is important. And and he left. Uh, I think he clearly saw that there was an opportunity for him to come and fight his way back into the conversation uh the real question for me is simply how are the reds gonna play this because we know what sessa wants we know what williamson wants we heard from him last week with a couple great quotes uh and i'm assuming that when luke weaver signed he was told he was going to have every opportunity to compete for a spot in the starting rotation so taking all that into account the Reds now have a, a situation on their hands where they have to figure out what works best for the team. And I think long-term for the team, the best bet is Brandon Williamson. And listen, he had the best outing of the, his spring <laughs> yes, thus far in his last start on Saturday. Uh, four base runners only that he allowed two Ks. He had pretty good command through four innings, Jeff. And I don't know if you happen to watch this one. This one was available on MLB.tv for me. I don't know if it was available uh, yes. Yeah. They, they've got them all on, if, especially if it's an out of market broadcast, like the visiting broadcast, they, they do have it on there. Yeah. He, he looked very good. So, so for me, I feel like that, that went a long way in my mind for continuing this fifth starter spot for Brandon Williamson uh, experiment and see what he can do. And the fact that Sessa is now uh, re-entering the chat, so to speak, uh, you know, we've been getting lots of questions on uh, both the YouTube comments and on Twitter. And I know I know you've been seeing them too, Jeff. People saying, why are we just assuming that Luke Weaver deserves the fourth spot in the rotation? And I don't think that he does. I don't think that he's done anything to just grab that spot and say, hey, it's mine. So Sessa suddenly making this decision, I think, is more about that. I think Sessa's yeah. decision is more about Luke Weaver than it is Brandon Williamson. I'm a little bit more excited about the potential of Luis Sessa in the rotation uh, if it's over Luke Weaver, and I'm not excited at all if we're talking about him over Brandon Williamson 
And there's a realm of reality where Weaver and Sessa make the rotation and Brandon Williamson is in triple A. Like, I, I think that you're right. The fifth spot should be Brandon Williamson's at the beginning of the season. But I still I still believe, and I'm, I'm going to hold to this, that I think the best version of this pitching staff is with Sessa in the bullpen and that, that kind of rubber-armed relief man role. We talked about it a little bit. You know, he can, he can spell a starting pitcher whenever they're having a bad day. He can come in in a pinch late in the game because he's got that awesome slider and changeup combo. He's the kind of guy that you can rely on in many different situations. But I do find it interesting because we talked about this. Whenever he left for the World Baseball Classic for Team Mexico, we said, how is Team Mexico going to use him? What is this going to look like? Because, you know, David Bell said, you know, we're considering all avenues as these guys go out to their national teams. And then he just didn't pitch at all, let alone as a starter. He was barely out on the mound. So I think that he had to look himself in the mirror and say, if I'm giving this a full go, I got to go now. And, you know, yeah, there's an element of, you know, leaving his teammates and stuff like that. But I, I think that they understand. And and then let's let's boil it down to this is that the what's best for the team, like I mentioned, the whole rubber arm relief pitcher thing isn't necessarily what's best for him because who makes more money, Steve? Relief pitchers or starting pitchers? Starting pitchers. And you're absolutely right yeah. about this, Jeff, because if you look at Luis Sessa, you know, he very he may very well be a better starting pitcher than Luke Weaver. But I'll tell you this, I know that he's a better relief pitcher than Luke Weaver. So the <laughs> yeah. Reds are going to, the Reds are going to have to balance that. So to, to make that decision, I think the Reds have to look at this rotation as a whole. And you and I have really started looking at this rotation as a whole. Uh, let's start with Graham Ashcraft. He looked really good on St. Mm-hmm. Patrick's day. Uh, he went out and seemed to, he seemed to have control of what he was doing. And then if you happen to catch his post game interview, uh, he had some interesting things to say about his mechanics and you know how he felt. And I think I think we're getting to a spot where the starting pitchers are are really starting to feel ready to go. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we have a, a little bit of Graham Ashcraft from Friday. Right now, it's just kind of like nitpicking at the mechanics, like trying to make sure I'm not when I'm at leg lift, I'm not kind of like leaning back, making sure I'm staying more over my backside. That second inning kind of got a little out of hand just with like the mechanic side of it but after, other than that I mean I feel like everything was great mechanically I mean I feel like I'm staying over my backside staying through all my pitches slider feels really good coming out sinker cutter all feels good so well Jeff I hope you're staying over your backside as well but as far as the rest of the big three in this rotation uh, Ashcraft's not the only one that looks like he's about ready to bring it home and is about ready to do things for real uh once opening day gets here, uh, Hunter Green is also uh, seemingly fairly dialed in and ready for the start of the regular season. Yeah, he was supposed to pitch in Sunday's major league game, but with Sesso's return, they moved him to a minor league start. He actually pitched against the Brewers AAA team on the backfields on Sunday. And if it weren't for one of his innings getting rolled because he threw 15 pitches, so they just decided to roll the inning. He would have had six complete innings. He had five and two-thirds scoreless innings with nine strikeouts. He did have a pair of walks that came in the first inning. That was the inning that got rolled. But overall, I mean, look, you you can say, yeah, it's minor league talent, but you still got to pitch well. Like You can't just go down and, 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 and blow up because this is the point of camp when these guys are stretching out their arm they're getting to the point 
where you can go five, six, seven, eight innings and be ready for opening day and be ready for the grind of the season. So it's very encouraging to see him go six innings in this outing and still come up with that number of strikeouts because like, like we said, this top third of the rotation, that is what's going to carry this team as far as it can possibly go. But with the pitching starting to take shape, I, I wonder if Luis Sessa really could fit into this rotation. I think it's going to be a, a fairly interesting storyline storyline to watch the rest of the way. Obviously, we're going to see a little bit more from Nick Lodolo. Also, we didn't touch on him today, but he seems dialed in and ready to go. So these, this fourth and fifth spot really is, I think, Jeff, is going to come down to the very end of spring training. We may not have an answer to this until the Reds break camp. No, I, I agree there. And and on Lodolo real fast too, like we haven't talked a whole lot about him in this camp, but I, I think that's just for good reason because he's just been doing his thing. Like I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch and I'm ready for him to continue his growth. Well, Jeff, coming up, I'm going to ask you about a couple contract extensions. If uh, For our listeners, if you were listening or watching to the uh, Aloha Live Friday show last week, uh, an interesting question was posed to us about contract extensions for both Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson. Could those actually be possible this year in 2023? We're going to give you our answers coming up next. But before we get into that, I am really excited to talk to you about our new partner and sponsor, of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Baseball GM. The game puts uh, Major League Baseball's front office right in your pocket. You're able to play it on the go. It's free to download uh, on your phone from the App Store or Google Play. Uh, you can take a franchise from the bottom and go to the top. You can go worst to first in your league uh, as you play Ultimate GM on the go. Uh, no internet internet connection is required. Uh, you can play what you want, when you want, how you want. You control everything from player trades to contract signings to setting ticket prices to uh, how you're going to invest in team facilities. Basically, you get the opportunity to show the world that you can do it better than Bob or the SOB. That is right. Check out one of the most realistic simulations available right now for your mobile device. Download Ultimate GM Baseball on the App Store or Google Play Store today. Locked on Reds listeners are going to get a hundred percent free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on. Let's put that promo code in at the game store. You're going to get a hundred percent free boost. So make sure you check it out. Check out probaseballgm.com. Scan the QR code on the screen right now. If you're watching us on YouTube or look it up in the app store or Google play that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball GM start your dynasty today. All right. Coming up tomorrow. I think Jeff and I are going to spend some time talking about the bullpen. Uh, we're going to talk about some, uh, some of the effects I think of this starting pitcher battle on the bullpen. We hinted at them there in the first segment. We're also going to check in on the position players, uh, how Joey Votto is doing. Uh, I think the position side of things is fairly settled now with all of the recent uh, reassignments to minor league camp. Jeff and I will have all of that for you. Uh, but today we're going to get into some contract extension talk, Jeffrey. And uh, this this question was brought up to us on the Aloha Live Friday show, uh, basically asking about extending uh, Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, or both 
Of course, this is a hypothetical conversation, but it seems to make a whole lot of sense to me that now is the time to begin talking about this. Yeah, a writer for The Athletic, a guy named Tim Britton, had a series of articles last week where he was talking about different contract extensions, whether you're talking about Shohei Otani, whether you're talking about some big ace pitchers who are in their contract seasons and things like that. And he finished it up with some hypothetical extensions, and he kind of grouped them into some different categories. And let's just say if his thoughts on Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India's contract extensions are anywhere near reality, the Reds should have done it yesterday because these things look amazing. Now, the groups that he came up with, now he had the extensions that were good for both team and player, the extensions that were good for player, but not necessarily the team, and the extensions that were good for the team, but not necessarily the player. Again, so he he kind of had it ranked in tiers so far as his proposed extensions. And the first one, which was actually deemed both for good sides, or good, good for both sides, how about I say that backwards? Good for both sides was Tyler Stevenson. Five years and $42 million. What? This one sounds right. I, I mean, $42 million in today's baseball doesn't sound like a whole lot. But if you're signing that deal with Tyler Stevenson this year, uh, it does a couple things. Uh, the money is right for the Reds. I think that's a contract that uh, Phil Castellini can 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 dig deep and find a little intestinal fortitude and sign a check for. Uh, I think it's good for Tyler Stevenson because it gives him a five-year guarantee. Uh, yeah. Being that he's a catcher, even though the Reds are trying to minimize some of the risk of that position, uh, there is still risk, and he is catching a lot at least 40% of the time for the Reds. So there is risk of injury. So this gives him long-term financial security. It gives the Reds a guarantee of having Tyler in the lineup for five years. The $42 million, you know, it feels a little light, Jeff. I, yeah. I think maybe we should be talking about 50 to 55 million here on a five-year deal. I think that's probably a more realistic money frame to start right. with in this conversation, but the five years sounds right to me and the guarantee to Tyler sounds right. And the long-term planning for the Reds sounds right. So I agree. I think this is a good move for both player and team. And it really is something I would like to see the Reds do. And the thing that he had said about this extension for Tyler Stevenson is that, you know, coming off a year that was ravaged with injuries and now he's kind of moving positions a little bit, not necessarily a catcher. So you're probably not going to garner that big time catcher deal, but this still seems like a big enough deal that, you know, he's, he's kind of starting to get that, you know, quote, generational wealth that an athlete is going for. So there's a little bit of a mix of both things. I'm with you, though. I think that especially if they don't sign a deal this year, which I don't think they will, but if they don't sign Tyler Stevenson to an extension this season, we're talking about $10, $11, 12000000 million because he's going he's gonna to go off this year. He's going to have a very good season and prove that he is every bit the best hitter on this team and one of the most valuable players on this team moving forward. So five years, $42 million. Sounds like how they would, if they signed it today, that's what the contract would look like. If they wait at any point during this year, it's that, that value is just going up. For me. Um, and, and, and I want to reiterate, Jeff, I think that $42 million is light for right now. Yeah. I think they oh, should okay. come at him. I think, I think they should come to him with a five year, $55 million deal. 
I think that I think that's the deal they should be trying to sign him to right now. You are also correct. If they wait till after the season and he shows that he's you know fairly nimble at first base, if his bat goes off from having strong legs that are rested all year long, the Reds are in trouble. They won't be able to sign him. He'll go onto the open market and get a 10-year, $200 million contract. So, yeah. you know, the Reds, it's a gamble. But but that's what you do, right? You you yeah. calculate you calculate if we want to get out in front of it or if we don't. And this seems to me the smartest place on the roster right now that the Reds should take a gamble. The other interesting uh, extension that Tim Britton posed was for Jonathan India. Now he labeled this in the tier that it was uh, much more favorable for the Reds and not necessarily for the player. The contract extension that was proposed by Britain, hypothetical, six years, $33 million. Oh my gosh, that is a freaking steal. Like, I think it's a little bit, and, and, and Jonathan Indy is not going to sign a contract extension after a bad year that was last year, and he's still like trying to prove exactly what type of player he is. So he's obviously not going to do this kind of deal. But when he saw, if if I were Jonathan Indy and I saw those numbers, I'd be like, if this was the hypothetical, I don't even want to hear what they would have actually come to me with. Yeah, this deal is bad. Um, there's no scenario where That's Jonathan India signs <laughs> this deal. It's just it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, I think Jonathan India is looking to have a rebound year. Uh, I believe that Jonathan India can have a rebound year. We've talked about, and we've talked about all those reasons why. Uh, the injuries, the sophomore slump stuff, the fact that he put on a lot of weight and tried to be a player that he really wasn't. Uh, right. He's course correcting this year. Uh, I think you revisit this following this season and the potential extension looks a whole lot more like what was described for Tyler Stevenson than it does what is labeled here for Jonathan India. Um, I don't know that the Reds extend both these guys, actually. Um, should they? Maybe. Um, you know, I think I alluded to this or outright said it last week, Jeff, with the young talent that the Reds have amassed in the middle infield, Jonathan India has really become expendable, I think. And if a couple of those prospects, if if McLean and Ellie De La Cruz both hit, if, you know, you add Noel V. Marte to that mix, which still leaves you Spencer Steer to float around, suddenly Jonathan India extension is not really a priority. And really becomes much more likely that they trade Jonathan India with a couple years of team control left to start restocking the prospect bin. Uh, That's kind of how I see that going right now. Uh, Catcher is a different beast. Uh, Even with Matt Nelson, even with Daniel Veyohin, even with those guys working their way through the systems. Plus they drafted, and their names are escaping me, Cade. uh, They drafted a couple catchers in the in. Hunter and Tanner. Yeah. In the top five, they drafted two catchers in the first five rounds of the draft last year. Right. So, um, they're, they're investing draft picks in catcher, but, uh, they'll let that sort itself out. Jonathan Indy, I think becomes trade bait versus having an extension signed. I'd be intrigued to see how it happens because if they did, and Lord knows we would celebrate very, uh, happily if they signed Tyler Stevens into an extension at some point in the next couple of weeks, if they did that this year and then saw a bounce back from India this year and then signed him next year, that would be the way to extend both guys. Uh, I think you're probably closer to what's actually going to happen. I have maintained, I think India really bounces back in a big way this year. And I think that he becomes the more valuable of the two 
but I'm with you. The position scarcity really favors Tyler Stevenson in this argument. But I mean, if one thing is, is for certain, Tim Britton's proposed extensions for both guys, uh, if they're anywhere close to reality, the Reds should actually absolutely do them yesterday, but neither deal looks like it'll be close to what would actually happen. No, if India signs a six-year, $33 million contract, sign it today. Agent. You can still trade him. That even makes him more tradable. Oh, that's gosh. that's that's an asset. That's do that. But yeah. Yeah, no, that that that's that's fire your agent territory because that would be a bad contract. But you know what, Steve? Uh, there was an interesting report regarding a guy that we talked about on Friday that came out over the weekend. Davy Barrero? What? Davy Concepcion? No, 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 David. Is he coming out of he's, retirement? He's not going into the Hall of Fame just yet. But Jose Barrero is practicing out of position. What does that mean for the Reds? That's what we're going to be talking about coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know about another one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. We're less than a month. I mean, we are like 10, no, 14 something days. Not 14. 10 days. 10 days, 10 days, 20, 30. That's we're Eddie Taubensy days away from opening day. <laughs> I really need to cut this out. Whatever. We're just keeping on rolling 10 days away from opening day. And this is the best time to add FanDuel to your mobile device and make sure you download the app. Make sure you uh, set up a profile today at FanDuel and take advantage of the no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. We're talking about the best companion when it comes to to baseball season and sports wagering because you can get that in bonus bets back when it comes to anything you could take the reds to have and if you really want to do this and just be a nihilist and bet on the reds to have the worst record in baseball their odds are at plus 700 or you know Fanduel thinks that the reds have better odds of being the worst team in baseball than winning 80 plus games i'm okay so don't miss your chance to uh, take advantage of the no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduelcom slash locked on that's fanduelcom slash L O C K E D O N to learn more, make every moment more with Fanduel. They're the official sports book of locked on. And if you're a, a new sports gambler or a seasoned sports gambler and you want to put a couple of dollars in your pocket check out locked on bets locked on bets is hosted by your boy q and lee sterling lee sterling from paramount sports is a professional handicapper he will help you make a couple of dollars whether you've been doing this for a while or you're a spring chicken on sports betting that's locked on bets just like locked on reds it's free and available on all platforms also make sure that you're following the red locked on reds podcast on your favorite podcasting app wherever you listen to them and follow us on youtube as well click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you as we're going to be with you all season long plus you can follow us on twitter in between episodes you can follow me at jeff carr with three f's you can follow steve at s offenbaker with two f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds there's no s in that Hey, and Steve, I want credit. I want credit right now for on the fly remembering that Eddie Tobinsey's number is 10. Yeah. I, I, I need you acknowledgement. You say I need, that. I need acknowledgement right now. I acknowledge you. 
All right. Uh, that was awesome. Oh, the, dropping that one in there, especially when I couldn't uh, subtract 30 from 20. Uh, but you know what? When we're talking about Twitter handles and where Fs are and things like that, you know what doesn't have any Fs in it? Shortstop. You know what does have Fs in it? Outfield. And that's where Jose Barrero was practicing last week. O-M-G. More specifically, center field. And I think this 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 situation says a whole lot, Jeff. Uh, both uh, Charlie and C. Trent were reporting from talking with Jose Barrero that David Bell has talked to Jose Barrero about playing outfield, taking reps in outfield to expand his flexibility. Air quotes all the way around that. Because what I think it really means is Senzel is in trouble. Uh, it's going to be longer than we thought. And you called this last week. You said whenever they say two weeks for Senzel, it means four. And whenever they say four, it means eight. And I don't think we're going to see Senzel to the all-star break. I think that is the direction we are going. What that means is they need right-handers for platoons because Fraley is still out there. Friedel is still out there. Benton is still out there. All left-handed batters. So they need righties. So enter Jose Barrero. If he can hit the ball at all, he has the athleticism to play outfield. He can fill in at shortstop. It eliminates this controversy surrounding what do you do when Ellie De La Cruz is ready? What do you do when Matt McClain is ready? It eliminates all of that. It keeps Barrero in the lineup. This is the perfect solution. Uh, if you're not going to move Matt McClain to center field, then move Jose Barrero to center field. Make no mistake about it. I love this. And, and and you mentioned like Charlie was saying this, he even had a quote from Jose Barrero. Barrero had this to say, I feel great and ready to be at shortstop. And I'm always ready to play wherever you need. I feel great and ready. So that, you know, I mean, that's a dude that he knows where he wants. He wants to be at shortstop, but sounds like David Bell's got in his head a little bit like, buddy, you need to be flexible because Got some dudes coming up behind you, and I think this was them hedging a little bit. You know, we talk mm -hmm. about sports gambling and stuff. You want to hedge a bet. This is the Reds hedging like, I don't think you're going to do enough to convince us to keep Ellie De La Cruz in AAA, so when we're ready to bring him up, we're going to move you out to center field. And it's interesting to me also that we're talking about this with Jose Barrero versus Matt McClain. I've been kind of waiting to see what they do with Matt McClain once the minor league season starts and to see where it is that he plays. Don't be shocked if when the beginning lineups come out in minor league baseball, Matt McClain's playing second base. I see, I see a scenario unfolding and it goes back to our Jonathan India talk about somebody being expendable, about somebody being uh, easier to trade or part ways with than others. That's Jonathan India. Uh, it also allows you to just put Jonathan Indy at DH, Matt McClain at second base, Jose Barrero in center field, Ellie De La Cruz at shortstop, Spencer Steer at third. Everybody's happy. Everybody wins. Everybody's excited at the ballpark. Yeah, I would love to see that. But, and, and that's something else that we talked about too. Like, I, you know, we went in on don't say that you know Jose Barrero can't do this right now. Make no mistake about it. That is a reality and that's the truth and that's the fact here's the other fact we're excited about la de la cruz and this means that the reds are too the reds know he is going to push the issue 
He's not going to sit down in AAA and take all year long to, you know, make his case for being called up. I think, and I, I, I just, I continue to feel very strongly about this. We're going to see Ellie De La Cruz at some point in May, because if they're already moving Jose Barrera to the outfield in practice, this is a situation where it's like, you're going to play shortstop for a little while here. And if your bat plays, you're going to move to center field. This isn't a case where you're going to hold him back. It's just not going to happen. I stand by my prediction that we will see Ellie De La Cruz Memorial Day weekend. That's when it's going to happen. I'm going to stick with that, Jeff. And that bombshell is where we're going to end. Thank you so much for watching or listening to today's episode of Locked On Reds. Coming up tomorrow, Steve and I are going to talk about why the bullpen optimism took a hit over the weekend. Uh, but hey, gosh, why did I have to do that? Why did I have to put that tease in there after we're ending on such a high? Anyway, Ellie De La Cruz is awesome. We're back. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening every day to Matt and Dom as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, just like Lockdown Reds, they're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Steve, there's so many reports coming out of camp. We got injuries. We got people getting healthy. We got people moving positions. We got people coming back from the World Baseball Classic to get a position. What does that mean for you and me? It means it is crunch time, baby, and we are going to be locked in on the transactions, the rumors, the waivers, everything that's happening in spring training because stuff is going to be happening fast. We're going to collect it all. We're going to bring it right back here to keep everybody locked on Reds every single day. Are you still over your backside? I think I'm. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.